with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 160th program of Think Again, live from the 3CR studio. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation working for social change for 25 years. Jacques isn't joining us today, but I have the real pleasure of talking with Pat McCafferty, who is Managing Director of Yarra Valley Water, and Kim Nguyen, a community member who participated in Yarra Valley Waters Citizens Jury. And yes, we're talking about a citizens jury t- today. Welcome to the program, Pat McCafferty and Kim Nguyen. Thanks, Jan. It's, it's a real pleasure to be here. Likewise. So today, as I say, we're talking about a citizens jury, which Yarra Valley Water engaged to help decide on the corporation's future directions. Yarra Valley Water is a major water corporation providing drinking water and sewerage services in the northern and eastern suburbs of Melbourne. It's owned by the Victorian Government and it is great to see an essential public utility still owned by the government, of course. Yarra Valley Water evidently has a huge responsibility delivering water services to community members and organisations and businesses. So some might think it took a very brave step in entrusting some pivotal decision-making to a citizen's jury. And that's because a citizen's jury is a group of community members, um, not the usual managers and experts. It's organised to come together to make recommendations to some sort of governing body, much like a legal jury, but making decisions on issues of general public importance. The process is generally referred to or often referred to as deliberative democracy. That's when a group of citizens are brought together to deliberate on future decisions for government or government bodies. Sometimes citizens' juries are asked to help plan a government budget, and that's called deliberative budgeting. So citizens' juries are often held up as a great example of grassroots democracy at work. And I should say they have been used by governments in Australia, particularly some local governments. Now, my first question is for you, Pat McCafferty. Can you tell us why Yarra Valley Water decided to use a citizens' jury? And what was the jury making recommendations about? Um, What was the scope of what, what it was asked to decide on? Yeah, sure thing, Jen. So, you know, we obviously provide essential services that are pretty fundamental uh, to community uh, health and, and well-being. Um, and the plan that we put forward to the Essential Services Commission every five years is a big piece of work outlining, you know, where we're going to spend our money, um, what sort of service levels we're going to commit to, and, of course, ultimately the price that people will be paying for those services. Mm. And, you know, fundamentally, we want that plan to reflect the days and the expectations of the community. So there's two million people in our service area. So how do you truly get the voice uh, of the community, you know, their, their, um, their hopes and uh, expectations and so forth? And, mm. of course, traditional market research is, is useful, but 
it really only scratches the surface. So, you know, what we were looking for um, through a jury process is an informed view um, of all of those issues that we're grappling with in, in providing our services. And I think, you know, let's face it, you know, most people don't have the time to invest uh, in getting uh, an informed view. So that's why the, the jury process is so appealing to us because it involves a representative sample of the community that then deep dives into the content mm. uh, and the issues that we would normally deal with every day. And, and then it forms its view based on the evidence um, presented. So, look, the basic scope for the jury this time around, you know, covered our entire suite of operations and services. Mm. You know, notwithstanding the fact that we you know, obviously have regulatory obligations that we have to comply with around, you know, providing safe drinking water and, you know, meeting environmental standards and so forth. Uh, but essentially the remit was to review that, you know, the whole of our, uh, our business and to provide us with a view of those expectations, values and priorities that would, that would underpin the plan. Um, so this time around, this is the second jury that we've done. We, we did a jury in 2017 and we've just completed you know, this jury process this year in 2022. And the actual remit for the jury was, you know, how can water and the environment be respected and protected for mm. and by present and future generations? So you can imagine that that's pretty all-encompassing. Mm. Um, and, you know, so we're not only seeking guidance about you know, where we prioritise our efforts now, but also, you know, for future generations as well. Yeah, that's a pretty broad scope. Can you just repeat that scope again, just to... Sure, yeah. How can water and the environment be respected and protected for and by present and future generations? Mm, Fantastic. And, um, Pat, how was the jury selected? How many members were there and, and what were their backgrounds? Yeah, so it basically starts off with a random invite <laughs> to, to uh, you know, a number of customers uh, in that service area, just seeking expressions of interest. And then, you know, once we get, you know, uh, I think it was about 15,000 letters that went out just randomly to, mm. to households. Mm. Uh, we had, I think, something like 3,000 initially expressed interest. And then we, we go through a refinement process, you know, uh, with the research company to make sure that the jury is actually representative of the demographics in our area. Mm-hmm. So that includes, you know, age, ethnicity, um, you know, and extending to people whose voice normally might not be present in these in these um, processes, such mm. as, you know, people who are hearing impaired, vision impaired, and, of course, people who don't speak English. So, um, you know, it's pretty thorough process to then narrow that down to 40 people uh, that we felt like were truly representative of the community that we serve. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose you'd be getting a lot of voices of people who aren't normally politically active or not participating in um, in this sort of consultations or writing letters to editors or managing directors or companies. Yeah, so you basically, as part of the selection process, you're looking to make sure that you're getting, you know, um, individuals that are, you know... I mean, the, the, I think the main thing of people who want to come into these juries is that they have a... Uh, and what I find every time we do this is that they have a genuine commitment to making a difference. Mm. Um, you know, and they do go through a bit of a journey when they when they join a jury because you know sometimes you will get people who have a certain worldview or maybe just a single issue that they're you know expecting that the water utility you know uh, will be doing something about. But mm. as they step through the jury process, you very quickly see them shift from individual perspectives to communities' perspectives, which is exactly what we want, right? Mm. Because you know, we're really looking for the jury to, to walk in our shoes and help us make those decisions. Mm, that's great. Thanks for that, Pat. And turning to you, Kim, so, you, of course, you were a participant on this citizen's jury for Yarra Valley Water, and I'd love to hear about your experience as a jury member, uh, how how 
you were recruited from your point of view and how you met up with other jury members and I guess the experience of having conversations with them and making decisions together. Yeah, um, it was honestly a really incredible experience. And like Pat was saying, this letter just popped in my mailbox one day. One of those letters that you usually think, I'm just going to put it in the bin, you know, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) But, you know, I stopped and I had a read and I thought, you know, this actually sounds like a really good opportunity to get involved with something bigger than myself. Um, I put in my interest and a few months later, we got the email saying that we were welcomed aboard and um, it was really interesting because a lot of the deliberation was done on Zoom. Um, mm. I think during the period of our um, our citizens' jury, COVID was still quite quite rife. So um, we managed to do it all electronically, and I think the facilitators did an incredible job just making sure that everyone was heard. And um, as Pat mentioned, we had this incredibly diverse group that. And I've never been in a group that diverse before Mm. in my life. And it was really eye-opening just having to consider other people's perspectives Mm -hmm. in such a different way from my own. And, yeah, the facilitators did an amazing job inviting people to speak if they seemed a bit nervous and making a really safe space for us to let our voices be heard. Mm. And over how many days was it? It It was spread over... A few months, and I think it totaled to about four or five days. Some were mm. half days, some were full days. But they went surprisingly quickly, considering, you know, some days were nine to five. And Wow. Yeah, it was a really, really incredible experience. Yeah, and I think you said to me when we were talking before that the topic really resonated with you, which was what Pat, uh, I think Pat said, how water can be protected for current and future generations. And um, it's a very broad topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not uh, asking what colour, what sort of um, material the local yeah. footpaths should be That's <laughs> or right. what colour the posts should be. That's right. Yeah. It's very broad. Well, um, thank you for that, Kim. Um, we'll go to a break now. Uh, we'll now go to a music break to Small Child by Archie Roach in memory of a really beautiful artist and a beautiful man who gave us all so much from his big heart. I see the birds up in the tree You know that I just Want to be free I see the clouds up in the sky You know that I just Wanna fly high Oh, small child I know where you live And small child I know what you give to me When you speak, you whisper Words so soft in my head Thank God I learned to do this thing 
am on your dial 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au today we're talking about some inspirational democracy work by Yarra Valley Water specifically a citizens jury that helped map out future directions for the water corporation and for sustainability into the future so Pat McCafferty uh, this must have required some uh, handing over of power by those who normally make the big decisions at Yarra Valley Water. Was this an issue? Uh, not really, um, but um, it would have been an issue 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Mm, uh, really? You know, uh, mon- well, monopoly utilities, right, they, they know best. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, sort of had this relationship, I think, over the many years, uh, almost like a parent-child relationship, if, mm. if you like. Um, but, you know, times have changed and, you know, now it's, you know, adult-to-adult adult conversations and we realise, I think, and I think there's been a bit, bit of a journey for utilities that, you know, um, you know, we're providing an essential service to the community. They rightly should uh, have their voice front and centre about, you know, what we're focusing on and where we spend our money. Um, and I think, you know, for Yarra Water, we've been on, a, I guess, a 20-year journey of building a constructive culture and one that's, you know, very open and transparent. And so you have to be, I guess, ready uh, to hand over the power uh, and it has to fit. Uh, and feel like it's the right thing. So, um, you know, the first time we, we did a jury, which was 2017, I, um, I, look, I did have some feelings of anxiousness, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, you know, not knowing, you know, what might come out of the process. And, in fact, the first night we met with the jury, I, I likened the experience to handing over the keys of my car to, you know, to my 18-year-old <laughs> son. <laughs> um, and uh, But it was interesting because I got a reaction from the jury that probably really reinforced 
that we were serious about handing over the power. Mm. Um, and, you know, for the process to be of value to everyone, it, it, it's a- absolutely critical that, you know, everyone who's participating know it's a genuine commitment and that there's integrity around that uh, and that we would honour, uh, you know, where the jury took us. So, um, look, I'd say, you know, it was a, uh, you know, a really good fit with our culture and, um, you know, we were in the position where our people, you know, were very comfortable in handing it over and actually being challenged. So, you know, the timing was right for us. That's fantastic. And that would have been, um, that would have involved the board, obviously. And um, engineers traditionally have made a lot of the decisions, I guess, in uh, water corporations. Would that be right? Absolutely, yeah. If I think of some of the conversations that I had with, you know, um, uh, in the business, you know, a long time ago when I joined it, you know, it was very much like that. And, you know, the board... Um, you know, we've got a great board. They were very supportive as well, um, uh, you know, of putting it out there and uh, trusting, I think, I guess, trusting management mm. in making the call that, you know, this is this is the right thing for us. Mm. Um, you know, and it's fair to say, too, that the regulator, the Central Services Commission, was, you know, uh, encouraging, um, you know, water utilities to make sure they were engaging effectively. And for us, you know, um, this, you know, looked to be the process that, you know, there would be a lot of, you know, insight that would come from it. And um, it's fair to say also that, you know, uh, with the benefit of hindsight, it's actually really focused the business on the things that matter most to the community and it's given us confidence that we're, you know, working on the right things. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a bit of confidence in the process from the first citizen's jury as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I won't, uh, you know, deny that in the first citizen's jury halfway through, I was getting a bit of wheel wobble, you know, wondering where the whole thing was going to take yeah. us. Um, and, you know, the way the process works is that, you know, essentially we stay out of it, you know, mm. and we provide a, a jury handbook, which is a pretty comprehensive, you know, plain English summary of all the trade-off decisions that we're faced with, because, uh, you know, we don't have an endless you know, bucket of money. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, putting those out there uh, to the community and then to the stepping back really and just watching the process uh, as it evolves. Yeah and I guess uh, you brought in the issue of cost too. Was it a costly process or um, and do you think it was worth the cost? Yeah no it was definitely worth the cost and not costly in the scheme of things because I think the first point to make is that you know that every five-year plan we're spending over two billion dollars uh, of money um, on you know water and sewage infrastructure um, mm. and that is going to affect you know future generation 70 years from now. Mm. So the actual jury process, I think, worked out to about $200,000 over mm. about a five-month period. Okay. Um, there was a little bit of extra cost in there because, you know, we recruited interpreters, uh, language interpreters. We also had Auslan interpreters as mm. well. Um, but, you know, I think it works out you know, to a very small investment of about yeah. $0.10 cents a customer for, uh, for getting insights that are yeah. actually going to, you know, drive the, the business. So it's really, I mean, I think it's really good value for money. And mm. again, giving us confidence when we go back to the regulator and say, look, we've spoken to the community, this reflects their values and their priorities. Mm. Um, and I think at least last time around, the regulator, you know, could see that. Mm. And, yeah, I looked up also at the cost on the Victorian Local Governance Association website and I see some local governments have done it and they say it often costs for local governments fifty to 60000 City of Bendigo had one for 89000 but the City of Melbourne, they used it for their 10-year plan and um, it was close to what you're saying, $180,000. So that seems to be a bit of a ballpark, but that extra cost is really ensuring people are 
genuinely informed and included rather than having tokenistic people in the room. Yeah, that's that's right. And it means that all of us, the community, get better value mm. um, as a consequence. So such a small investment when you think about the scale of what we mm. do and, and decisions that we make. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, you know well worth it, absolutely. Mm. Thank you for that, Pat. So turning back to you, Kim Nguyen, uh, you speak about the citizens' jury in really glowing terms, I must say. So can you tell us what particular presentations or conversations or decisions were the highlight for you as a jury member? What, what are you most proud of from your participation? Um, it's a really good question. I think there's a lot that we should be proud of. I think we really came together as a group um, despite all of our differences and I think one of the key moments for a lot of us was when we had a presentation from an Indigenous auntie. Um, I think a lot of us haven't had experience with um, that kind of community engagement before and they were speaking about how we as people need to stop thinking about ourselves as different generations mm. and you know because we were a diverse group we had high school students straight up to people who had been well retired for a long time and there was a lot of finger pointing at the start like <clears throat> this generation this and that generation that and the aunties were saying no like we we aren't different generations, we're all people and we're mm. all inhabitants on the planet. And we live on this planet with a whole beautiful ecosystem that we need to respect and we really need to work together to really um, preserve our environment and make things more sustainable. Um, that was a real highlight and I mm. think after that we really started coming together. Yeah, and do you feel like um, um, jury members really took that on board? Yeah, absolutely. And um, with our recommendations at the end as well, we made it very clear that one of the most important things for us was to embed caring for country in mm. every decision that Yarra Valley Water was making. And with Pat giving us, you know, the reins to his very nice car, um, we had the power <laughs> to drive that forward. And, you know, it, it really felt like even though we were individuals, we came together and we had this voice and Yarra Valley Water really listened to that. Mm, and that caring for country, it sounds like that guiding principle, it really allowed that cutting across a lot of different uh, phony divisions maybe that shouldn't really be there, generational, but I, right. I'm presuming it would apply to cultural background and maybe yes. class background. Yep, that's right. And kind of taking that step back and realising we're all we're all people at the end of the day yeah I think and I think you said to me um, it's a key to community sustainability so it's environmental sustainability but community sustainability as well with everyone thinking together as a group yeah that's right because communities tend to be more resilient if they're a bit stronger holding and if that fabric that social fabric is really strong then we're more resilient against um, adversity Mm. and um, yeah it strikes me as being a really good example of that how environmental sustainability financial sustainability social sustainability Mm -hmm. um how they all are wrapped up together in this sort of process and um and i got the impression from you um that there was a bit of a shift in the way people thought too so it's not just an intellectual exercise where everyone's looking at intellectual bullet points it was a sort of a change of mind and heart thinking of that caring really taking on board that caring for country and caring, uh, how did you put it, caring for country approach. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm, So thank you, 
Kim. And back to you, Pat. Uh, finally, Pat McCafferty, would you say your what would you say you're most proud of about uh, the citizen jury, about um, Yarra Valley Waters' engagement of community members through this process? Yeah, thanks, Jen. Look, I think on the back of um, you know Kim's reflection, I, I there's two things really. Um, one is um, you know bringing all of those voices um, that are often unheard into this process. Mm. Um, I think was a game changer for us. But I think also for the jury, the profound effect that the elders had um, on uh, the direction the jury took, um, and that has sort of you know um, you know made the number one. Uh, you know, recommendation around adopting a care for country, care for community lens in all that we do. That I think it had a profound effect on the jury, but it's also going to have a significant long-term effect on the way we think uh, about the services that we're delivering and the impacts that they have. So I think that that, that would be one of the big takeouts. And the other thing, obviously, I'm really proud of the fact that just the organisation has that, you know, that willingness to try these things, uh, be open and transparent and really put itself out there um, and do something that's quite different. Um, to genuinely, you know, get that voice of the community at the very centre of the plans that we have. Mm. And I guess I might add to that, you're obviously showing some leadership too because other people will be, other bodies, corporations, local governments will be looking at this process and saying, well, maybe we could do that. Yeah, hopefully. I, I think, <laughs> it, you know, it is, it is a, it's a, in my experience, you know, um, it's a very effective way um, to, you know, really unpack what's important to people. And if we can then be very confident that, you know, our plans, our investments, you know, reflect that, then everyone's a winner, you know. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I, you know, it does, as I said before, it, you, you have to go into it, though, with integrity. You have to be really open to handing that decision-making over and accepting where the jury takes you. Mm. Um, and I think that's a fundamental part of it as well. So um, mm. I'm not sure all organisations are, are at that point um, yet in their journey. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think there's heaps of value to, to, to be um, unpacked. Mm. Thanks for that. And... Oh, the time has gone too quickly once more and we'll have to finish soon. But So thanks so much, Pat McCafferty, Managing Director of Yarra Valley Water and Kim Nguyen, Citizens Jury Participant, for coming on the program today. Um, It's been really enlightening, I think, and inspiring and I think it's really shown how citizens' wisdom can be put to use in making the big decisions and we can trust the people with the big decisions. Uh, thanks, and thanks so much for telling us about this model of democratic participation and how it can evidently work so well. I'm even thinking a citizen's jury would might be good for coming up with a design for an Indigenous voice to Parliament before it goes to a referendum. <laughs> so, something for people to think about. Um, so, um, Pat, just um, we're coming to community announcements, and I think I did send out an invitation to you if you have any uh, anything from Yarra Valley Water that you'd like to announce? Uh, probably just uh, one thing that I think people might be interested in, Jen, is that recently the Water Utilities in Melbourne uh, got together to do a 50-year plan uh, for you know the future water supplies. Mm. Um, and it's called Water for Life Strategy. 
uh, and uh, there's a website uh, which outlines the plan. It's gone through already the public consultation process. But if anyone's curious about, you know, long-term planning, I think there's probably a little bit of a distinction if you, if you think about what's been happening in energy lately. Mm. Uh, I think um, hopefully the community can take some confidence that we're thinking 50 years ahead uh, in water. Um, and if, they, if they're curious about that, they could have a look at uh, waterforlifestrategy.com.au. Thank you so much. That's fabulous. Finally, thanks to all our listeners for tuning in to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio today. If you want to contact us, you can email Borderlands. That's borders at borderlands.org.au. Our programs are available by podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stingray. Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.